All right, let's get to it. We've got some work to do, so if you're ready to go to work, here we go. Why don't you stand? Let's read the Word of the Lord. We're reading two verses on today. You cannot, just like all the other weeks, you can't handle these two, but that's all you got, two. And we're going to go off a little bit, but we have two verses today to deal with. It's found in the book of James. James is the brother of Jesus. So James lived in a house, I've said this hundreds of times, James lived in a house where it was always his fault because Jesus never sinned, so he never got in trouble. Praise the Lord for a brother like that, right? Half-brother Jesus. So here we go. We're going to read the word of the Lord, and we're going to see what he has to say to us today. Will everybody, please, if the person beside you is not reading, please just um, encourage them to read along with you. Here we go. Everybody together. Perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who... My God, my God. So the blessed man will receive the crown of life, and it also means, in apposition, it also means that those people who are blessed are those who, say this word with me, who love him. One more time, who love him. But, but to understand what this word really means, then you have to go to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, to see what he says is a blessed man. So let's go to James chapter 1, verses 2. Read it with me, everybody. Consider it all, my brethren, when you encounter various... Stop right there. When you Consider it all joy. There should not be a Christian that walks around with a long face. You should have a long face if you know Jesus. Because the text is suggesting that no matter what happens around you or no matter what happens in you, you should consider it all joy. In other words, he says, as a Christian who loves Jesus, you know that God has a plan. And if he allows the enemy to allow a trial to come around you, God has a plan in the midst of that trial. Which means no matter what you're going through right now, you should still consider it all joy. The devil says, God, if you, if you take this, if you don't give them this, then they're going to be mad and they're going to walk around frustrated and mad. You need to say, devil, you are a liar because it does not matter what happens to me or in me. I'm still going to give God praise and count it all joy. Can I get a witness in here today? Oh, we're just getting started now. Here's what he says. Consider it all joy. No matter what you're going through, you ought to thank God for it because even if it's hurting you, God has a plan for it. All right? He says, consider joy. Here's why. Knowing that the testing of your... Stop right there. Knowing that the testing of your... Here's what he says. The only reason, one of the reasons, why you're going through what you're going through is because God wants to examine your faith. When you're sulking, when you're cussing, when you're moaning, when you're complaining, what you're saying is, my faith ain't strong, God. My faith ain't strong. But when you're smiling at the storm you're going through, what you're saying is, devil, is that all you got? Because my God is sufficient. What he has placed inside of me is sufficient for me. And since last week, he has given us all we need for life and godliness. Satan, no matter what you try to do, I'm going to consider it joy because God got a plan. He says, he's testing your faith. Here we go now. And faith is producing next verse. Here we go. And let have its 
Here we go. So who's the blessed man? The blessed man is the one who has joy in the midst of trial, who realizes that God is up to something. And so when it shows up, I'm not going to buckle under the pressure, but what I'm going to do is let endurance have its perfect result so that I am going to be found perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. The devil, devil said, no, God, Job, come here, Job. Devil said, if you take this from Job, he's going to cuss you out. If you take this from Job, he's going to cuss you out. And Job says, no, no, no. Whether you slay me, whether you hurt me, yet will I praise God. I hope we have some people in here that when you go through stuff, you praise in God all the way through. Because if you're not, that means what you're saying is, you're not ready yet because there's something you still lack. What the text says, when you go through it and you smile at the store, then there, you are the Christian who can smile while realizing that if God wanted you to have it, he would have given it to you. If you don't have it, it means he knows it's not the best thing for you. So God, you can keep it until you know I'm ready to have it. So now he goes to verse 12. Here's verse 12. Verse 12 says, blessed. Who's blessed though? It's the man who is perfect and lacking in nothing and complete. That means you've gone through some stuff and you still have joy on the inside of you. So he's taking a loved one that you think it was too early, but you still have joy because you know when you get to heaven, it's going to make all the sense in the world. You've gone through something and somebody got a promotion that you should have gotten. But you know, God, if it means that they can get the promotion and I don't, but then you use that promotion to let me have a conversation with them so that they get to heaven, then do your thing, God. I don't need the promotion that much. See, I can't, everybody don't want to clap on that one because you want the promotion. Which means you're not considering it all joy. Which means you know, which means you are arrogant enough to think you know better than God and you should get that promotion, not the other person. So God knew that it would have killed you if you had it. But you can't see beyond your self-centeredness. So that's why you want what God don't want for you because he knows what's best for you, but you think you know what's best for you more than God does. Anyways, anyways, I know you're standing, you'll be like, can we sit down? One more thought, one more thought, then you sit down. Here we go. Uh, a blessed man who perseveres on trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised. Here we go. Second reason you go through this test, to those who love him. That means, if you're not smiling at the storm, it means there is a part of you that don't love God, or it means that something there is more important to God, which is why you're not smiling at the storm. Which means it's a test also of your love or it's a test of what you treasure. Which means there is something you treasure more than God. And for most Americans, that thing is yourself. You may be seated if you can. Lord have mercy. So the word of God says today, he wants to know how is your faith? And he wants to know how is your love for me? That fits right into our series. Because our series is suggesting that most Christians, we hang out in door number one, two, and number three, and we stay here and enjoy here, never realizing that the abundant life is really when you move toward complete intimacy with God. And so most people, because of a myriad of reasons, stay at door number three. 
One reason is because you have friends who are door number three. And all your friends are, and none of them won't go further because they say, it don't take all that. You don't have to be all that. You don't have to fast. You don't have to be in solitude. You don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to be, uh, frugality is one of the disciplines. You don't, you don't have to be in silence. You take, they don't take all that. So you stay in infancy and never move to maturity. Last two weeks ago, we said one of the reasons why most people stay here and never mature there is because you're listening to false shepherds. And we suggest that your culture can be a shepherd. So you can fall in love with what your culture falls in love with and never realize that what your culture loves is anti-God. And you can live a life listening to the false shepherd, which is why if you're going to move toward maturity, you have to silence all the other shepherds so that you can hear from the voice of the living God. That's why for you to be a healthy, mature Christian, you cannot not have seasons of solitude, seasons of silence, seasons of, of frugality, seasons of fasting, seasons. If you don't have it, you cannot because you cannot silence all the other gods. In your life, including your own voice, so that you can hear from God. That's our review. Then last week we said that what happened to you as a Christian is very important, and you better know what happened to you. Because everybody is born because of Adam and his representation. We're all born with a sinful nature, which means we want what we want, not what God wants. But God, through 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Which means He gives you a new nature, but in order for that new nature to grow, you've got to feed it. Which is why you can't just wait and get somebody else's word. You've got to study the word for yourself. And if you don't want to study the word for yourself, and if you just want to hear everybody else's word, that means you're going to stay within door number 1, 2, and door number 3. The challenge today, however, into new content now, is one of the things that keeps us at door number one, two, and number three is this thing called temptation. Temptation. When, when, when the enemy tees up a desire because he has studied you, he knows you, he knows your plans, he knows what you want, he knows what you're passionate about, he knew what you wanted yesterday, he knows what you want tomorrow, he has, he has made it his job to study you. So he knows exactly when you want, what you want, and when you want it. And he knows perfectly who you like, who you don't like. The kind of job you like, the one you don't like. He knows if you want to come home and work from home and you don't want to go back to that job, he knows that. So he's going to tee up the perfect scenario for you so that you can fall, but not just fall. He wants you to stay fall. He wants you to love sin so much you don't consider it a sin no more. Oh, I could tell you 15 of those, but you're going to run up out of here, so I'm going to save that. 15 of those. It was a sin when you started out, but it ain't sin no more. You have now justified, through the, through the winsomeness of the devil, you have now justified why it is okay for you to do now what 42 years ago was a sin. But you have repeated it for 42 years now, so you don't want to call it a sin anymore because you're tired of feeling bad. Say it. So let's see the text now. Let's see the text. Get down to verse number 14 for me. Get down to verse number 14. What does the text have to say to us? Watch this now. The text says, but each one is, say this word with me. That's it. What does tempted mean? The same word in verse number two 
trial, trials, tested, is the same word he uses here called temptation. The word is perosmos, perosmos. Here we go. Same Greek word. So when he uses it here, it, when he says trials, he's using the same word to call now. They're reading it as tempted. So he says, when each one is tempted, when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Let's see what else happens. Next verse. Then he says, then when lust has conceived, when you bite, when you look for five minutes instead of one second. When you convince yourself you should buy the purse. Because you have convinced yourself that it looks good on you and that it, 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 you deserve it and that you, own your, you earn your own money and you should have it. And you have now convinced yourself that this shoe matches a purse that you have at home and you should wear it because you're going to be fine in it. And they're going to look at you more than one time, like 16 times when you, when you all dolled up. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth No, what is death? Just like in Adam and Eve. Death is separation from God. You don't have fellowship with God no more. So here's the reason why we don't progress. Because we're so tied up and caught up in sin that we can't progress because we have broken fellowship with God. So now, here's what makes it worse. You come in church, but the sin that you used to call a sin, but because you've done it so many times, it's no longer a sin. You don't even call it a sin, but you think you ain't got tight. But you ain't. Because you have unconfessed sins that has now become a sin, but now you think it's just a habit that's not too bad. So he says, we got to deal with it. There are two problems in this text that I want to deal with quickly. Then I'm going to jump back to this. Um, the first problem is, go all the way back up to verse number 13. First problem in the text is, is this. The text seems to suggest that you can't be tempted by God's same word as trial. And the text seems to suggest that, you, that God cannot be tempted. Which means Matthew chapter 4, when, when the devil tempted Jesus, oh, that means Jesus can't be God. If the text says, James is saying, that God can be tempted. So how does James say in chapter, verse number 2, consider it our joy when you go through trials, and then come down here, verse number 13, and say, same word, it's two different words in English, same word in Greek. Uh, same, comes say, 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 tempted here. So now it says, let no one say, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God... For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. So then when God dealt with Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going to test you, then what? So now we have inconsistency in the Bible. So now you have to break down what did James really mean, because we see over and over again in the first part, verse number two, he says, you're going to go through trials, same word. And then we see Abraham, he, he tested and, and tried. And then you see in, the, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, all the men and women that he 
tried and they came through, some of them well and some of them did not. So what must the Bible refer to when it says that he was, that God creates trials for us? So now let's go to your sermon notes and let's see if we get answered to you. From God's perspective, James chapter 1, verse 2, look in your notes now. When James says, um, consider it our joy when you face trials, it's because your trials, your faith is being tested. But the purpose behind the trial, watch it now, purpose is important. The purpose behind the trial is so that you can be mature, complete, lacking in nothing, and you will receive when you get to heaven a crown of life, one of the five crowns that, it, that we have the opportunity to get a crown of life. So he says, here's what God does. He allows a trial, allows it. Now he wants it to result in steadfastness, endurance, and perseverance, which then means you will be complete, lacking in nothing. And James is saying, when God allows it, his purpose is to grow you. When, when Satan causes it, his purpose is to destroy you. Then now you have to go to Genesis chapter 1. God says, I want to create a garden, and in this garden, uh, Adam and Eve, I don't want you to eat from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Why? Because I don't want you to know I only created you for good, not for evil. I want you to stay and don't touch, enjoy everything else, but not that tree. Why? Because he's trying to tell them, I want the best for you. And if you enjoy the best, then it will be all good. If you go and you eat from this tree, then there will be, you will now begin the process of identifying good from evil. So now Satan shows up and Satan says, mm, I have a purpose. My purpose is to get you away from God. My purpose is to not let you go down the continuum of spiritual maturity. My purpose is to get you to wallow in your sin so much that you will love it over time. So what does Satan do? Flip it over. Here's the one now. So Satan says, I'm going to, I'm going to, everybody has a desire. That's a God-given desire, by the way. Everybody, let me explain that. Um, you have a desire to be hungry. You're hungry, you need food, and so that's a, that's a desire. Everybody has that. There's, that's neutral. That's not a sin. You have a desire for money. That's fine. You want to make some money so you can buy some groceries so you can take care of the family. That's fine. You, you, you have a desire for intimacy or sex. That, that's fine in the, in the parameters that God has set up. Here we go now. But when hunger turns into the 20th Oreo cookie, that's now gluttony. That's no longer, no, quit, quit tripping. That's no longer just hunger. Now, sin has been conceived. Now, you've eaten the 20th one right before you go to bed, talking about all I need now is a little bit of milk. So then, you say, well, money, I got to take care of my family. But when you take money to the ultimate level, now you think you own money and it's your money. And I've told you this a hundred times, that greed is what it turns out into, which is the sin. That greed is defined that when you get paid, you always assume that it's for you. When you get paid and you have more than you need, every time you assume it's for you, that's called greed. If you don't say to God, God, why did you give me more than enough this month? If you assume always that it's for you, then that's called greed. No, that's called a sin. The problem in suburbs, suburbs, 
is that you always think it's for you because you don't like the word greed. It's the sexy sin of Collin County and the suburbs around America. So therefore, you think that is fine. That's, a, that's one where he's wrapped you up, the devil has, so much so you think that it's all yours. That's why the Bible says you can't serve God and mammon. But most of us says, well, I'm going to try serving both. The next one is, the next one is, the next one is uh, uh, a sex. It's good in the confines that God has designed it. But fellas, let me talk to my boys now. But fellas, it's okay to look one time. But if you keep looking, then something's wrong there. Why y'all so quiet, fellas? Come on, man. You know the drill. The ladies always got to show y'all off. Fellas, when you look and your eyes glance there the first time, that's not, that, that, you couldn't help that. But when your eyes follow, oh, you can have that. Oh, you can have that. Or when you're looking, don't know why you're looking, but when you're looking and you're scrolling, well, first of all, why your feed got so much stuff in there? It got too much stuff. Why? It must have what you love. You love, you love, um, you love, uh, 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 building stuff. Okay, good. I can see. Um, you have Lowe's in there. Okay, I see some, you know, Mr. Build it, Mr. Fix it. Uh, you love, you love, you love football. Okay, I, I can see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cowboys in there. You got a cowboy. Okay, you got cowboys in there. Whoa, what is this? Yeah, I don't know how it comes. No, you know how it comes. It don't just find you. You have to have, can I get a witness? So you got to have found it and scrolled it and scrolled it for it to just, it don't just show up like that. Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. So if it's in there, it's cause you've been there. Let's take your phone out. Let's see your feed. Take everybody, thank you for No, don't do it. No, in the name of Jesus, ain't no fight today. Ain't no fight today. Here we go. Here we go. So desire then is neutral. So what did James mean? When you look at the continuum of temptation, the, conti the whole continuum of it, that's what the text says. It starts with that. Then you have to take the bite. When you take the bite, then it becomes acts of sin and a duration without repentance. Then that leads to death. So he says, when it starts here, this is not a sin yet. This is not bad. This is neutral until you get to here. So when you look at the continuum of temptation, yeah, God's not tempting you so that you will sin. That's not what God is doing. Nor is, did Jesus ever do this? Jesus started here. And the reason Matthew 4, he had to be um, fully man and fully God so he could die for you, which therefore means when the desire of hunger showed up, that's neutral. That's not a sin. It came when the devil said, now you better turn them stones into bread. But he didn't. Because he used the same word that the devil tried to use, used it against him because he is the word and knows the word. So he then used it against him and said, yeah, man, man shall not live by bread alone. See, I wonder if Jesus needs the scriptures to counteract the devil, why you still think you don't need to know the scriptures? So in the continuum of temptation, 
you need to know when he says it, it's because he's saying the desire piece, there's nothing wrong with it. But when it becomes here, now it becomes a full problem. So let me show you what I mean for you now. Let's get off of God and let's get to you. So here it goes. The devil knows you so well that the devil is never going to just leave the hook out there with nothing on it. He knows you. He knows you too well. So he's not going to say, all right, come on. Come on. Come on, Mark. By the way, I'm going to use names. Don't, it's not the Holy Ghost calling your name, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call some names. Somebody says, oh, Lord, he called my name. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, I'm a sinner, Lord. I'm going to say, calm down, calm down, calm down. Anyway. All right, so here we go. Um, so he's not going to do this because he knows you're not going to bite. Unless he puts something pleasurable there. So what the devil says is, no, that's not a good strategy. So let's do something else. So then he says, here's what I'm going to do instead. Instead, I'm going to put something on it to dangle in front of you. So he says, I'm going to find out what you love. I'm going to study you. I'm going to figure you out. I'm going to find out what you love. And I'm going to hang out around you. Uh, if it's in the morning that you want this the most, I'm going to hang out with you in the morning. And I'm going to just dangle it in front of you. And I'm just going to say, come on. Come to. And then he'll let one drop off just to kind of tease you. So that. That was brilliant, did not it? So that you can get one and think, I know where to go next time when I need it. Won't he do it? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know to go next time when he needs it. He just, he just teen you up. So that you can think you got away with something. And you go and you think, oh yeah, I know where to get it next time. So the next time you come again and you say, let me go. But listen, just like a fisherman always have new bait, so does the devil. Okay? So the devil going to say, okay, you thought you got away with something there, didn't you? Let me tee this one up and let me put it on a little better. Praise the Lord, somebody. And then he says, mm -hmm, this one ain't going nowhere. You bite on this one, and here you go. So some of you still thinking, yeah, Pastor, but you know, I don't know what that means. It's just a little piece of rubber, so a little rubber bait. So can you really bring it home for me? Okay, no problem. No problem at all. So the devil says, let me put anxiety and worry on here for you. Since you love to worry, you got enough money now. Now you're worried that somebody's going to take it from you. Let me just help you out. Let me talk to Colin County people. Since you want power. And you just want some power. So let me, let me put some power on the line. Because this is what you love. You love to control everything. You love to get power. So the devil said, let me put some power on there. And let me power up. So you think you got to have it. So he puts these two and he says, by the way, he says, I got all day. You going to let him talk to you like that? You going to let him treat you like that? You the one with the power. Come on, show them you got the power. You don't need none of that. Actually, you know what? Just leave your job and go pursue your own stuff. Haven't even planned it yet. Haven't even come up with a business plan, nothing. But let's go pursue because you're tired of people telling you what to do. Because you got mama issues and daddy issues. So you go and do your own thing. You ain't working for nobody. So power up, power up on them. Show them. Show them. And all of a sudden, he's just dangling it out there, dangling it out there. And you be like, you know what, you know what? If they do this one more time, as God is my witness, I'm finna show them what I, I'm finna show them. And then they do it again. Because the enemy is just teeing your little tail up to show you, to show you that I want you to drift as far as you can away from God. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. Some of you will be like, Pastor, you haven't called my issue yet. Okay, come on. Mm-hmm. Loneliness. You single? You tired of being lonely? You tired of looking at everybody else booed up with a baby? Let me get it. It's your time now. Girl, it's your time now. You tired of being lonely? Me too. The devil says, me too, I'm tired of being lonely. So come on out here, girl. The next dude who opens or calls or instant messages you, you bet just say it. And then you, then with your foolish self, you're talking about, that's God. Look at God. <laughs> and then in three years when you get a divorce, you're not going to blame yourself. You're going to blame, how could a good God let this happen to me? No, baby girl, it ain't a good God. It's a bad you that didn't want to trust your God that he had something better coming. Come on, pastor, say it, pastor, say it. But I know, but I know my married people saying, yeah, tell them singles, pastor, tell them singles. Tell them, tell them. They need to know it, pastor, they need to know it. Mm Mm-hmm. So now for you, he says, let me put pride on it for you. Because you don't want to humble your little self. You always want to run the show at your house. So he says, let me put pride in you. He says, I want you to humble yourself. And the devil lets you get another one just like that again. But he says, now, let me let you understand. Because pride, thank you, girl. Because pride will get the better of you. And all of a sudden, you want to be first when God says you should be second. You ought to outserve each other when you say, no, I'm tired of serving. I can tell you, in 2004, I, didn't, I served. In 2008, I served. Well, it's her turn now. She needs to serve now. Serve me, woman. Serve me, woman. That's called pride. But you want to now use the Bible to justify it. Respect me. Honor me. Make sure you feed me. I'm the king of this house. Amen. Now you want to use God. That's what the devil does. He used half truth and twisted. By the way, I didn't say that in no other service. So that's for somebody in here who's tripping at home. If you know that, just stand up and say, okay, that's me. Don't stand up. I'm joking. Um, here you go. Here you go. Listen, listen, family. Listen, man. The devil says he has all day, all year, all decade to wait till you act a fool. That's the challenge. So let's see what the text says now. Look at the text. Look what the text says. What happens? Go back to verse number 15. Here's what verse 15 says. So you can see it clear as day. Then when lust has conceived. In other words, you took the bite. Now you thought it was this beautiful red little worm. But you also got a hook in your mouth too. And now the enemy can take you anywhere he wants because you done got caught. Ladies and gentlemen, you thought it was just pleasure. The enemy thought, I need you as far as you can be away from God. Now the danger is God has made a provision for this. So if you confess your sins, the hook falls out. But he's not talking about confess your sins. And then go back to the same thing. That is why for too many of us, you got to watch the worship songs that you sing. Because too many of you, love, we fall down and we... Why you have to fall down every doggone day? 
Every day you're falling down. Every day you're falling down, falling down, falling down. Here's another one. Um, 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 here's another one. Here's another one. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. When the chain gonna be forever broken? Break every chain, break. This you, this you, this you, this you, this you. It's in your mouth. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Then you're still, then you're still chomping at the sin. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. The songs you love will determine the door you're at. Here's another one. Here's another one. Don't you love when he leaves the 99 and go after the one? Why are you always the one? Why can't you be the 99 cheering on God when he go after another one? You the one every Sunday? Every Sunday. Oh, I'm a sinner, God. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Every Sunday, you're the one. For 44 years, you're the one. <laughs> back in the day, you remember them churches back in the day? The same four people come up front every week. I thought he was a deliverer. Just for that moment, baby. Just for that moment. That's because you got hooked. And now the sin has so wrapped you up that you love the sin more than you love God. Let me say that again. That you love the sin more than you love your God. So that's why you got to be careful when you see people praising. Because maybe they're praising not for God, but they're praising the sin that's been dangled that they have gotten a hold of and don't want to let go. You got to be careful of your culture because your culture will tell you that ain't nothing wrong with that sin. But you have broken fellowship with God. Are you, is anybody out there listening to me this morning? No, listen, to, this is a big deal. Let me put this down. Let's get back to work. Let me tell you, this is a big deal in Christendom. The reason that we are not singing more mature, we're the people that are going to sing at the cross, at the cross. Where I first found the light. You notice that song is about the cross, not about you. Break Every Chain is about you. Be careful that most of the songs you love ain't songs for immature people. That's stuck in a cycle of sin. Be careful, fam, that we're not over here living, talking about we're chilling. Hey! And too many of you love the same friends that keep you in group number, in door number one, two, and three. Because when you have a friend that's over there, you call, they, 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 they're too passionate. They don't take all that. You don't need to do all that. Just do you. Because when they're over there and they're spending time with God and they say, no, I can't talk to you for the next two days. I'm going away so that I can stir up my affections for God. Now you say, well, you I mean, you're going to miss this? You're going to miss this? We're doing this. You're going to miss this? And over time, they wear you down. So that they come to your level. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the Church of Jesus Christ has become. A group of people that love door number two. A group of people that love door number one. But very few people want to go to door number four, five, six, and seven. So my question for you today is, anybody want to go to door number four, five, six, and seven? 
Because that's what God desires from you. He, he craves that from you. How do I do that then? So let me show you how you do it. I could talk about, come on up here, Pastor Matt. Why Pastor Matt come? I could talk about the fact that some of you thought it was just one pill. Because <clears throat> you were hurting. I didn't see this illustration. Praise the Lord. Let me put it up. Come up here, Matt. Pick that rope up here. Start with that. Until then, let me, let me do one more. Because somebody in here thought they got away. So it started as you had a little pain or you needed to get some sleep. But now it's transitioned. Now you can't live without. I thought the only person who could live without was Jesus. But now you got a pill you got to take that will keep you sane. And if you don't get it, you're going to go buck wild. So you better give him my pill. So now you got to go to Mexico to get it. <laughs> Why are you going to Mexico so often? Girl, I'm vacationing. No, 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 no. Somebody going to run up on the church. I said, I give up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, 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 and it went from pills to know some more other kind of substances. And now it's your little secret thing that you and the enemy do when nobody's looking. Fellas, I'm not going to leave you out. Now it's porn. You see, when you say pill, oh, that's an acceptable one. But when you say porn, ain't nobody. You can't, mm. When you say pill, mm. When you say porn, mm. <laughs> So, so, so now, so now, porn shows up, and you got it full accessible every day. And now, you just wait for somebody to leave. All you need is about a good, you know, whatever time you need. And then you just go deal with your little business. Listen, 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 listen. Because you can't control the person God has given you. Now you go to control something. That's a picture or a video that you can do what you do when you want to do it. You don't have to depend on anybody else being satisfied to you. You don't even know what to do right now. Some of you want to say, say it! Some of you want to say, move on! <laughs> Some of you want to say, shut up! <laughs> Woo! Let's stay there a little longer since it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Woo! The algorithm knows exactly what you want. I could keep going. The algorithm knows if you need on. Yeah, let's move on. You got it. I stayed there long enough. You got it. The algorithm knows exactly what you need, what body parts you... Let's keep going. All right, here we go. Here's, here's the challenge, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you ever forget this. You have two choices every day of your life. Desire will show up. That's natural. But before it's conceived, you have two choices every single day. You're going to either hold the rope or you're going to hold the weight. 
but you must choose one. And you must do this every single day of your life. You're going to choose one every day of your life. Either you're going to choose the rope, and when you choose the rope, it starts with pleasure, and then you say, yeah, give me some more pleasure. And then you start wrapping yourself around it. And then you go to... What's that? Repeat. Yeah, you keep doing it. So you keep going and then you make it a habit and then you make it an addiction and then you keep going and you keep loving it and you keep loving it all the way until it leads to death. And that's what the enemy wants from you every single day of your life. Because he wants you to be away from God. If you're not going to do that, then you got to pull up the weights. And you got to say, okay, God, from now on, I could choose the rope, but I'm going to develop the new nature that you have placed in me. I'm going to not listen to the false shepherds, and I'm going to spend some time in your word. And I'm going to spend some time in prayer. And I'm going to say no to the enemy, and I'm going to say yes to fasting. And I'm going to say yes to solitude. And I'm going to say it because I need you, God, and I need my affections for you to keep roaring. My affections for football should not trump my affections for God. So if football gets in the way, I'm going to get rid of it because it can be a rope and I'm going to keep pressing in on God. Can I get a witness in this place? This is a major deal, ladies and gentlemen. Every day we have to make this choice. Every day. Either, give me a part of that, you're going to hold the rope or you're going to hold the weight. When you leave here today, you're going to get a choice. Am I going to hold the rope, which is going to lead to death, or am I going to pull the weight up? Which will you choose on a daily basis? Men and women, come on down here, Pastor Matt, if you can. You can make it. Come to door number three. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Many of you are so tied up because you're tied up in sin. No, the truth of the matter is, the people, the people over here, they were tied up in the yellow rope, but now they're tied up in other ropes, but they didn't even know it because the yellow one was the only one that kept on bothering them to the, to the, to the, to the highest degree. But now, when you get rid of that one, because you're spending time in the Word, you're talking to God, now you realize that there are many other ropes. But you can't get to those until God starts speaking to your heart and you see your pride rise up. And you say, my bad, God. I didn't even see that. I didn't even know that was there. Thanks for showing me that, God. And then you take that one off. And then there's another rope. Now you see the rope called greed. And you say, my God, my bad, God. I'm so sorry for making life all about me. But you cannot see those ropes until you let go of the one that you've been struggling with for 42 years. God says he wants, to, he wants to get to know you. And he wants you to get to know him. But the only way you do that is if you hit the right room. And say, here we go. Come on, God. Come on. But it's hard. Nobody's here. I don't feel good. That's okay. That's okay. That's what he wants. For you to remove everybody else so you only have him. Ladies and gentlemen, your God... Your God says, I can get you here, but it's going to be through pain. Because then you're going to realize that I'm the only one you got. Because the pain gets so great. He said, I don't want you to take you there through pain. 
I want you to take you there through precept and through teaching. Yeah. Your desperation for me. That means you must give up those things that want your heart. And you must identify that every single day. And here's how you know him. You love it. That's all you know what it is. You love it. So you might love you. You might love a sport. You might love shopping. You might love a car. You might love a house. You might just love more. A lot of us just love more. Because we're not satisfied with what we already have. We always have to have, say with me, more. And that's when you need to go back to work. Okay, God, why don't I want you like I want more? Why am I never satisfied? You say that I should be satisfied with you, but I'm not. So now you start saying, create in me, God, a clean heart, God, and renew a right spirit, God, within me. If you don't do that, then the same rope that's gotten you forever will be the only rope you're aware of, even though everybody else can see the other ropes, but you can't. Can I get a witness there? Come on. Thanks, Pastor Matt. Can you, can you get out of that? You all right? You can get out? Praise the Lord. He got out. Here we go. Let's, let, 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 let's, see. let's see how we can, let's see how we can land this today. Now, fa- family, listen. The Institute for Biblical Engagement says this. They have done the studies, millions of Christians, and they have said, the way a Christian grows, the way we know a Christian grows, is if they read the Bible themselves, not listen to somebody else, read it themselves four times, a, four times a week. Any Christian that listens to the word, reads the word four times a week, <clears throat> and apply what they learn, <clears throat> then they're on a trajectory for growth, which means <clears throat> they're on a trajectory to head in this direction. So then my question is, why then on churches like this one, not made it a challenge for people to read the Bible every day. So you better know what's coming in January. You can even go to another church. We're fine. But we're going to read the Word. And we're going through the Bible in a year. Because we're not, we're no longer comfortable staying at door number one and two and three. We're saying it's time for us to go to door number four, five, six. And seven. Can I get a witness, family? Can I get a witness? All right, let me land this now. And we're going to land it going to, <coughs> excuse me, the book of Ephesians, chapter number six. Because many people are convinced, listen to me, please, that you fight in something in the physical. And you're not. You still think your spouse is the enemy. He or she is not. You still think your boss is the enemy or your employees are the enemy. They're not. You still think your mother-in-law is the enemy. She's not. You think your kids are the enemy. They're not. You still think somebody else, your neighbor, is the issue. They're not. Let me show you the real issue. Come on with me. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Next verse says this. Put on the full armor of God. Because the fight you're fighting is in the spirit realm. It's not, for you to get there, it's in the spirit realm. It's not in the physical. 
The physical just tees you up for what's going on behind the scenes in the spiritual. So he says, so that you would be able to stand firm against the, here we go, schemes. He knows exactly how to get on your last nerve. He knows exactly who to put in front of you. He knows exactly the person you never want to forgive. He knows who they are, and he will bring them up at the perfect time to tell you, you ain't that mature. Stay where you are. The schemes of the devil. Next verse. He says, for the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. There are four categories, ladies and gentlemen. The, the devil says, over the entire United States, I'm going to put a spirit of control and independence over there so that they can depend on God and so they think they run everything. You don't even realize it. That's your culture and you don't even know it. So the devil is saying, oh, he's just going to put the demon of control over America. So now you're trying to control everything you can. Not realizing that you done got wrapped up in a sin. Because the whole culture does it. Preach, pastor, preach. Come here, you don't believe me. Let me show you. Stop. Go to the, go to the right-hand side of the page of our notes. Inside, left-hand side, you'll see it. <clears throat> go to the sheet that talks about the two. No, 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 not that one. The one that talks about um, the five things we struggle with. See if you can pull it up. If you can't, that's, oh, here we go. Yeah, that's it. Here we go. So he says, he says, what does a mature follower of Christ believe versus what does our culture believe? This is when I talk about spiritual forces over a region. Here we go. The devil wants to convince you that life should be easy. That's a lie. Because God's going to say, no, 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 life's hard. In this life, you will face Trouble, tribulations, trials. You will. So why are you, why are you setting yourself up for failure, thinking, believing, and go, oh, yeah, it should be all about you. I mean, life should be, you should be on a yacht somewhere chilling. You should be, and you think that's life. It's not. What you're looking for and what your heart yearns for is heaven, but you're only going to get there when you see Jesus face to face. Until then, he says, in this life, you're going to go through trouble. That's what he says. Next one. He says, you think you're all that important. He said, no, 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 no. You are not that important. He is important, not you. Here we go. He says, your life is all about you. No, it's not. But you have built your kids to make them think it's all about them. That's why when they get about 16, they talk to you crazy. And now you want to say, you better put your, you better don't say that again. You better, or you're going to get up out of here. And here's what you really say. You created the monster by telling them that life's all about them. Preach, pastor. You live your whole life with them being at the center, and then when they turn 16 and they talk crazy to you, now you want to tell them you're not that important. Too late. Your entire life, you said, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever you go, wherever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. And then they turn 16 and they say, why don't you just stay out of my business? And then you go to the counseling office and say, counselor, I just don't know what happened. I wish counselors could tell you the truth. I know what happened. You created that. <laughs> because when there were four, you thought your parents spanked you too much. So you said, I'm not going to spank Joey. 
Joey, don't do that, Joey. It's okay, Joey. Joey, there's another option. Hey, Joey. You'll be better, I promise you, Joey. If you just try this choice, it would be a wise choice, Joey. Ladies, this for you. The culture says you can control everything. That means you're God. Because he's the only one that's sovereign over everything. Now the Bible is going to say, you're not in control of anything. Never think about your own death. The Bible is going to say, uh-uh. Teach us to number our days. Tomorrow is not promised, only today. So teach us, God, so that we can live wisely to number our days. This is, this is what the enemy wants us to believe in so that when God takes somebody from us before we thought he should have taken them, now you're mad at God. Well, guess where it started? The principalities and powers over the culture that convinced you that life was all about you and that people weren't on loan from God. You think you deserve them and you should have them as long as you live. Everything around you is on loan from God. And you should treat them and every day thank them and appreciate them. Because it is God who has loaned them to you. Say it, Pastor. Go to the next screen and then let's wrap this up. Next screen, last one. So here's the five shifts we must make. You want to you you stop getting tied up and move toward these? Here's the five. Everybody must make these. Everybody, all of us. Because the culture is going to demand that you live on this side. And Christ, the Word of God, demands that you live on this side. So you have to shift from a life of ease to a life of difficulty. Parents, you know this, parents. So don't create this easy life. This week, I love this. Somebody, my wife might not be happy that I tell you this, but I love this. This week, they cut my water off. You can laugh, it's okay. But it was the greatest opportunity for me. Because them kids live in too much ease. So I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. So I said, okay, kids. Guess what? We don't have no water. They said, why? We didn't pay the bill. <laughs> they said, we don't have no money. That's not the point. The point is God gave me an opportunity. So here we go. We're going to take a shower today. What are we going to take a shower with? Bottle of water. Hey, hey, so take your little soap, put a little bit on the rag. That's all you got today. Shove that thing up, that soap up. Then, all right, you can't take too much. We don't have a lot of water either, so we're only going to bathe you. Come on, get it all good. And it was the best time in my life. I praise God for it. I praise him, but you know why? Because now they will value water a little bit more. So I was thanking God. For Frisco, who don't have automatic pay, your water bill, which you should, Frisco, change it. We're in the 21st century, but that's not the point. (laughs) It was a blessing for my kids that I want to wash my hands. Oops. Go get your water bottle. Wash your hands. Got a boo-boo. Okay. It's got to stay. It's got to stay. No, I could have called them and let them come out right away, but I was having too much fun. So I said, no, sir. 
that poop need to stay in that boy in that little toilet for a little while. Go, I want to poop again, but I don't want to go into that one. That's what the rest of the world do. They go to the same one. They don't even have running water. So they go and they smell it all the time. Now, every time you go in that bathroom, praise God again. Praise him. 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 Praise him for what you got. Praise him for what you got. Praise him. 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 These little Colin County kids, praise him. I, I was praying for the power to go to. Take it all. <laughs> anyway, hey, I got to go. The next service coming. Hold on, hold on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, uh, let's get sophisticated again. By the way, don't send me no letter. We do have water back. We did pay our bills. Okay. I waited till about midnight or after when they were asleep. And then we had the guy come back out and turn the water on. I ain't ashamed. I'm happy for that. Because it taught them two little kids. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. I got to go. Oh, you see it. You, you got it, Rest. You got it, Rest. We got to go. Um, um, let's pray. We're done. <laughs> I didn't say that for nobody else. All of that drama was only this service. Love y'all. Father. Will you help us to identify each one of us the rope that we have pulled on? Help us to identify that. Help us to name them. Help us to tell on ourselves. Help us to shine the light so that we can, um, we can find the freedom. We've got a pursuit class here, God. That, that's all they do. Help you identify whatever the behavior that is and then walk you through to freedom. Will you help more people? Embrace that and walk in the freedom that you've given us. And then, God, this week, will you help us all to read Ephesians chapter 6, the whole chapter? Help us to meditate on it. Every last one of us, God. Every last one of everybody watching us online and everybody in the house. Help us to meditate five every single day this week. Just take a little time out to read your word and develop those spiritual muscles we're going to need to say no to the rope and yes to the word. Will you transform us? Will you allow our affections for you to increase? Will you allow, please, Heavenly Father, will you allow the new nature that you've placed inside of us to grow since you've given us everything we already need for life and godliness? We can't wait to see what this week holds. We're going to count it all joy. We're going to choose the weight. And we're going to say no to the rope. Will you teach us how to do that? Every opportunity we get this week, in Jesus' name. Everybody say Come on, let's give it up for God, fam. Let's give it up for God.